On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Hey, hey, everybody. Glad to have you here for a Second Shot Sit-Down. This is such a cool story. It's such a cool story. Actually, Texas-based, but probably if you're listening or watching anywhere across the country, there is a chance you have heard of or maybe even experienced or gotten the gift of Tiff's Treats. So it's a made fresh cookie delivery service. I can't even begin to explain how delicious and fun it is. But the story here really is is the business story. And it started way back in college. It's a really spectacular one. And I just want you to hear one of the recent headlines in case you're like, oh, cute, a story about a, t- a cookie company. Tiff's Treats, an Austin success story, is now a $500 million company. That was from the Austin American Statesman. and. Yeah, they're blowing up, so we thought it would be fun to bring them in for a second shot. Tiffany Chen is the co-founder and president of Tiff's Treats. Leon Chen, co-founder and CEO of Tiff's Treats. Yes, they're a couple, and yes, they're both joining us. Hello, good to see you. Hello. Hi, Jenny, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm great. What, is it, what does it feel like to, to hear that headline? Um, you know, gosh, Austin success story, $500 million company, or is that what you always expected? <laughs> well, we're we're still in it. Yeah. So for us, we always would think, oh, if we could get to this level, we'll feel really big. Or if we get that level, and whenever we do, we just we're still in it, so we can't see that. Yeah, we're still growing, and we haven't, you know, to us, we haven't reached anything particular. Um, we're in the middle, or even the early stages of our growth, even though we've been doing this for over twenty years. So. I guess it is a little funny to hear that um, said out loud, but still, uh, you know, we're just in the thick of, of, of growing the business. They're just here in the middle of their workday, just like the rest of us. Well, right. I was thinking back, Tiffany, I interviewed you several years ago um, when I was working at Fox, I think with your with your sister. And I think that, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm thinking, I think it's grown significantly even since then. I remember at the time thinking, wow, what an incredible success story. And then it was like, boom, you got even bigger. Yeah, um, we've we've now got about 70 locations where we deliver from, where you consider them retail distribution locations. Um, we've got about 1,700 over that employees. And um, gosh, we've been tallying it a little bit. We've sold over 200 million cookies in our history and growing. So yeah, we, we've done quite a bit of growing over the last few years. I've eaten at least a million of them. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing my part. Um, Leon, let's take it way back to the beginning of this business. I think it's such a sweet story how you got started and um, just it's a sweet part of the company's story. Can you talk about, well, I guess from your perspective, how this whole thing got started? Well, from my perspective, how I got started, it wasn't exactly sweet. Uh, because true, the whole thing, true. <laughs> the whole thing got started because this one, my lovely wife now, stood me up on a date. And so I definitely didn't think it was too sweet then. Uh, well, why don't you tell them what well, happened next? but I apologized with a batch <laughs> of freshly baked cookies, which is something that I did as a hobby for fun. 
I did miss the date, but I showed up to his door with some cookies that were just so happened to be warm out of the oven. And that's when he had the light bulb idea to sell these. And in fact, not just sell, but deliver them to people's homes warm from the oven, right yeah. out of the oven. Right. When, I, when Tiff brought them over, they happened to still be hot. And growing up, I, I, I guess I just never tasted freshly baked hot from the oven cookies. And when I had them, I couldn't believe it. So I begged and begged her to do this as a business with me. And of course, she said no to that immediately as well. <laughs> well we were sophomores at the University of Texas. So it wasn't like we were looking to start a business. We were in the middle of college. We were 19 years old, in fact. Um, so yeah, no, I wasn't interested in doing it, but this guy is pretty persistent. He talked me into what, why it would be so great, so fun, so easy. None <laughs> of that was really true, but I jumped in, I guess, anyway, and here we are a thousand years later. Here we are still doing it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I remember hearing you guys speak at a, a women's event that I was emceeing a while back, and I thought, oh, that's so my husband. Selling this, selling business ideas that are, oh, it'll be easy, but like nothing. Oh, people just kind of flow to us, and then you get involved, and everybody involved is like, well, now we're involved. And yes, this is great, but it's not like what you said it was going to be. <laughs> Those first few years, there was a bit of guilt involved because I told her not only was it going to be easy, we were just going to make a ton of money. It was just going to be just this tremendous fun. And it ended up being all those, but over the course of 20 years and the first few years, very little of any of that. What were you both studying at the time and what did you want to do after college? Great question. I was an advertising major. Um, I don't know what I wanted to do. I don't know that I had thought that through at all. Uh, I was a business major. I was a marketing at the Macomb School of Business here at the University of Texas. And I, I think I just always thought I would do some sort of business. I grew up in a household where business was talked about a lot to the point where I thought every household was like that until I met her family. Uh, and so I, I figured we'd, I'd start a business at some point. I didn't think it would be while I was 19 years old and in college. Leon was like, wait, you guys work for people? What, what, what's <laughs> yeah, up with that? Yeah. So when you look back, I mean, but let's talk about that. I mean, both of you kind of advertising and marketing and a big part of doing this, I mean, a lot of people will say, well, there's a, a billion different cookie businesses out there. Was it was it the marketing? Is it the cookies? Is it the fresh baked park? What, what is it that made you all a success? Like what were the differentiating factors, do you think? Yeah, you know, the warm has always been our niche. We've done that since day one and not only served them warm, but right out of the oven. So, you know, our differentiator was and still is that we don't bake the cookies until you order them. So when your order comes in, we put that in the oven just for you. It comes out of the oven, it goes straight into a box and then straight on the road if you're having it delivered. And that's something we've been sticklers about that process. That process really hasn't changed since we started out of his college apartment. That's how we did it then. And that's how we do it now. And, you know, for us, we found that, or, you know, I guess we think there's just magic in that straight out of the oven experience. And we want to protect that experience and have that experience be the same since we started it. Right. And in addition to being baked to order, what happened throughout the years as we started growing, that is a big differentiator to us, is the technology platform we put behind it. And mm. so that's we want to make it as easy as possible for someone to order over 80 percent of our sales come in digitally and um, we were that way before probably 10 years ago that number was about 80 percent which is more and more common these days but 10 years ago that was not common at all and so we put the investments into the platform into the technology uh, to make it as easy as possible 
uh, for the customer to have the best customer experience as possible. Yeah, we launched our first online ordering platform in 2000. I think it was, we, we did it all over the phone for the first year and then we launched our online ordering. And at the time, you know, we were really young and I don't think we thought a ton about it. But if you mm -hmm. think back to that time, you're looking at, you know, department stores weren't even doing online ordering. Totally. So we were actually early in the online ordering game and um, so online and of course mobile app now but that's that's really where we lean in terms of taking in the order and that's how we got uh, tips a brilliant idea our website is cookiedelivery.com and there's no way you could get a website like that now it's because we got it in the year 2000 <laughs> so true yeah I'm, I'm thinking back to the year 2000 like I definitely was not or that's unbelievable that you were doing mobile ordering then because i don't think i had ordered anything online until i don't know five years ago but you know that's yeah just I, me. I don't think we were doing it too well no we were was, doing it yes but yeah well it you worked like out the kinks yeah <laughs> so so you were let's listen let's talk about this 30 million dollar um recent capital raise here bringing the value to 500 million dollars how do you decide i know we're kind of going going back and forth here but i want to kind of like hear from you how do you decide okay we're going to sell off a piece of this. This is the next step. Um, I mean, I know you guys went to college, but how does one know how to make these types of decisions? That is a great question. Yeah. I'm gonna hand it over to Leon in a minute because he's really the, the, the expert of the two of us. But I would start by saying that businesses always need cash. And even when you don't mm -hmm. realize you need cash, you're gonna need it in six months from now. So from the very beginning, you know, uh, in, gosh, when was it? 2002, we signed for a line of credit for no particular reason, just to have it. Um, and then we ended up getting kicked out of our, um, our location and needing to move to a new one and needing to construct it and having no money to do it, but we had this line of credit and that was the only way we could do it. And so I think fundraising is always a little bit at the back of our minds. It's one of those things that you just sort of constantly do. You're always having introductions, you're always having meetings, whether you need cash or you don't, or you're raising money or you don't. I feel like it's more of a fluid process than it maybe seems. Right, yeah, well, it's for us, it's a necessary evil. Um, it's, uh, we prefer to be working on the business, uh, building the, uh, business, building technology, working on a better customer service, better packaging, better uh, quality, uh, improving our cookies or adding new flavors. That's the fun stuff. But in order to have the investments, have the capital for the investments to get all of that done, uh, from time to time, we do go out there and we, like you said, sell off a piece of the company uh, in order for us to have the cash to uh, deploy into those investments. So who, which one's more comfortable with risk of the two of you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> personally and professionally by far. And it kind of works out that way because I think if it was just me, I'd probably put us in too risky of a situation. Uh, if it was just her, we'd probably have three locations, maybe five by now. Oh, no, we'd be at three for sure. But the fourth <laughs> one would be coming soon. We're going to be working on it. Um, yeah, that's how we, we differ a lot that way. But, you know, we've worked together for so long. I, I have come around to learn to sort of trust Leon's process and just say, you know, if he's feeling good about it, I can feel good about it too. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> well, but it sounds like you guys have a balance. I mean, that's required in, in all relationships. So you guys started dating while you were building the business. Um, how, did, how did that all go? And do you have any advice for people who work with their spouses? Oh yeah, we yes. get that, we get asked that a lot because of 
I, we have a uh, we have spouses that come to us, and you can tell there's been a couple of fights for sure. Um, yeah, we actually we're writing a book right now, which is coming out in February, and there's a whole piece of it that's just dedicated to this because people do ask and want to know that um, so often. And yes, we were dating when we started the business. Um, interestingly, we took a dating break, but continued to do the business um, for some time, which we write about in the book. So you can hear a little bit more about how that went down. And we've never told anybody about that, but we scheduled our own breakup uh, a year and a half out uh, because we were in college and we said we should probably, if we're going to date anyone else, it should be during college. But we had the business at the time and that's... Um, yeah. It's like a terrible romantic comedy is how we describe it. So we kept the business going, uh, relationship went on the back burner, and then we ended up kind of coming back together over time. And I don't know, we've always worked together. I think that was, gosh, advice. Um, <laughs> do we even have any? You know, Take it one day at a time. Well, for real, the things that we like about it are we have different skill sets and we have different which means that we're complementary, um, as opposed to both being good at the same thing. So it makes working um, a little bit easier in terms of what you're getting out of it. I think it also makes you butt heads a little bit more because we don't see things the same way. So it just took so many years of practicing. I think the biggest thing to practice is what is personal and what is business? And they're gonna blend together, but if you can kind of identify, hey, the argument we're having right now is a personal one and this has nothing to do with business, then you can kind of put that on the back burner and refocus what you're talking about. Yeah, I would say have, you both are equally arguing, disagreeing about certain topics, but have somebody who is the lead of that topic. So if we're talking about fundraising investors, uh, her opinion counts absolutely and we can go back and forth, but if there needs to be a decision to be made, then she'll defer to me at oh. the end of the day She'll let me hear her opinion, don't get me wrong, but she'll defer to me. And when it comes to flavor of cookies, uh, adding a cookie or whether or not we like this uh, new product that we're about to launch, uh, I can have an opinion, but at the end of the day, she's gonna be the one that makes that final decision. Oh, that's interesting. I th it seems like it's it seems like it's working. It's like you guys took a second shot at your relationship. I love that you did a scheduled break, and I, I can't wait to to read the book. Who who is the audience for the book? Is this a business book or more of a family book? What's the vibe? Oh, it's a great question. You know, it has a little bit of everything. We talk about our story. We talk about um, being in business together as spouse, adding family to it. So I think anybody who's really interested in peeking behind what, how does a business grow? How does it start? Um, anybody who's interested in hearing how families work together, how family business comes together. And then the other really fun piece of the book is the recipes. So we've never done this before. <gasps> But we published um, a bunch of our flavor of the week recipes in there. And so there's a little bit about cooking tips or baking tips. Um, and then, you know, we're really excited to share these so that you can bake at home some of our specialty flavors. Right. And some homemade versions of what Tiff would make at home. Um, she actually puts, puts that in the book. And it's also full color. Uh, so it's a beautiful coffee table, table book. It's got full color photography in it. So uh, Tiff is right. It's a little bit of everything. What was that project to work on? Did you work on the book together as well? And how did that all go down? Oh my gosh. Yes, it's a lot. we did. And I think at first we struggled a little bit with how do you co-write a book mm -hmm. together? And then I, I, it had to have been Leon's idea, but I, we ended up, what we did was we split it. 
he talks about something and then I'll do my take on it. And so we ended up going back and forth and back and forth. So instead of co-writing every word together, it was almost like done separately, but together. And that's when it really took off and was much, much easier to write. How did that come about? Was this something that was always bubbling up inside of you? Like, we've got to share a story. Did somebody come and say, hey, Tiff's treats people, you got to share your story. How did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. It's, over the years, we, we do get asked to speak a lot at events and we don't, because we're trying to build the business, we don't get to go to as many mm. and speak at a, as a many events as we uh, would like to. Uh, and so when the opportunity came um, to publish a book, uh, we met with our publisher, uh, Harper Horizon, which is a subset of HarperCollins Publishing, and um, talked through different iterations of what it could look like. And we, we thought it was a little premature maybe to write a book. Uh, we don't feel like we've accomplished enough to warrant writing a book. But um, as we started talking about it, it seemed really fun. All the things we thought we could put all the things that people talk about or want us to talk about at uh, these speaking events, uh, all the questions we get asked, we try to answer them along the way, what it what, what it felt like to struggle, uh, how what it felt like to make no money and be absolutely broke and then build the business up. Um, people ask us about working with spouses. Um, and, and then the more we thought about, the more we said, you know what, um, let's just go for it. And so it, it came uh, along pretty naturally. That's awesome. The, the cover is beautiful. And I think just based on the recipes alone, people are going to be all about it. But let's go back to that part of, um, you know, Leon promising going to be so easy, going to make so much money, going to have so much fun and, and it not panning out immediately to what, what was the hardest part about those years? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's an understatement. It did not pan out immediately at all. But I would say we never thought that quitting was a good option because immediately customers were excited about what we were doing. There was a buzz around it. And I can only really describe it by just saying that there was an energy around our customer base and our fans that kept us going and knowing there's something here. Even though the financials were, weren't working out, um, we knew that there was something there and we wanted to keep going with it. So. Yeah, the the hard the hardest part for us is living off of credit cards, and we tell this story a lot. But we we didn't pay ourselves the first year. We worked hundred hours a week each, um, and after the end of the first year, our accountant does our books, and um, we realize not only did we not pay ourselves anything for the first year living off of credit cards and, and whatever we had saved, uh, but we the business lost almost fifteen thousand dollars. So we worked for negative fifteen thousand dollars that that first year and the first three or four years, it was kind of like that. It was making ends meet, struggling, uh, working uh, all the time, uh, being hungry and being tired and having to decide between getting an extra hour of sleep or actually having a dinner that evening. Um, it sounds terrible, but we, when you, we look back on it, <laughs> those are some of our fondest memories. It's kind of strange yeah. how it works. So wh why weren't the financials working out? You know, we just started really small. We had we started with nothing, um, and so we were just advertising via Kinko's flyers to kids on campus, which we were just doing at night while we were in school. Um, and then we decided to give it a go when we graduated and did it full time. And while the student base had kind of grown for us a little bit, and, and it was getting around campus, we were knowing that we wanted to also service the downtown business crowd. And so it took a little bit to get that going and off the ground. Right, because our concept is so unique, uh, bake to order warm cookie delivery, 
that actually still doesn't very it still doesn't exist uh, the way we do it, uh, and it certainly didn't exist back then in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't like opening a pizza delivery place or a sub shop where people know how to order and and have used uh, that service before. There, it took a long time to educate people. Hey, you you can actually order cookies and they'll arrive hot to you. You could use us for all your gifting needs, anniversary, birthday, client gifting. And it took a while to get that education out and get that customer trial going. Um, and then that that really is what took the, the initial years. Once it got going, it really kind of snowballed. Uh, but the first few years, it really was about getting the uh, word out that, that there is a service that does this. Well, you guys were selling online and nobody knew how to buy online yet. <laughs> you were that's like very true. ahead of everybody. And what, and what a blessing that's turned out to be, it sounds like, down the road. Um, was there ever a time when, when one of you was like, I'm out, I gotta just go get another job or do something else, this is not working? We probably should have. Yeah. That would have been a reasonable conversation to have had. Um, no, we never ever considered that. Um, and you know, I think there are days even today where we're like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, we're on the <laughs> totally. like, I'm going to be out now, yeah. uh, but not really. And no, we've never considered getting other jobs. Uh, and we were lucky because when we started, we were 19, when we graduated, we were 21, we had no overhead. You know, we didn't have a family yet. Right. Uh, we split a tiny apartment, the two of us so that we could afford it. Um, and we just didn't have any expenses. So it, we had the luxury of saying, we don't need to get another job. We don't need to make money. We just didn't spend very much money. Right, and we and we had this, what Tiff describes as energy. What we realized very early on that kept us going was really inspirational is that we got to witness a lot of amazing moments uh, because we do on-demand gifting, because people use us for their big life moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, we we call it warm cookie moments. We realize what we do is we actually are connecting people uh, through the service of bake to order warm cookie delivery. And uh, seeing that happen every day, there's amazing stories uh, that uh, make us cry or choke up when we hear about or remember back to it. Uh, even today, those come in all the time. People email in or post it on social media. Having that uh, kept us going during those dark early years. Yeah, that it just I think back to that and think, gosh, I wonder if did, did family members ever say, hey, so this is cute. Y'all are doing this cookie delivery thing, but, you know, maybe you should look at something in, you know, in your field that you studied at school or, or something like that. What did what did family think that when you were first starting out and what does family think now? Yes, I think I think any reasonable family would think that this was a bad choice. Um, so, you know, we started halfway through college and then we put so much into doing the business that we ended up not putting a ton into the degree. So we weren't qualified for any. By the time we graduated, we had fewer qualifications. <laughs> we did. We now. did graduate, though. We, we graduated, <laughs> uh, but with no skills, uh, just the degree. Um, and so by that point, I think you know, the family was like, I guess go for it. I, I think they were all trepidatious about what we were doing at the beginning as anybody would. Uh, I always remember though, my mom, what happened? Somebody, she came to visit one of those early years and somebody knew who I was. And after that happened, she was in and she was thinking, <laughs> oh my God, somebody recognized you for this. And so then she thought it was, it was real. Um, and of course they're hugely supportive now and honestly have been forever. Even my mom is a teacher was a career teacher and um when we got our first real location we needed a ten thousand dollar 
CD put together to back it, and she put that down. Um, oh, that her gives me goosebumps. It stayed there for 15 years. Right. I mean, we were we were a big company before we actually were able to let that go. But she's just the kind of person that would do that, whether she's the supported the idea or not. Right, and my parents each put their homes, uh, they uh, they got second mortgages on their homes early on so that we could borrow money to continue growing the business. So it, it really has taught us, now that we have children, it really has taught us, you know, that's love right there. I, I don't think they believe that this could actually turn out the way it has so far, um, but they wanted to support us and they believed in us. And so it's, one of those things that to this day, uh, we'll never be able to truly repay uh, our parents for the, what they have done to help us. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps. When you guys said that, I was like, oh, it's just, yeah, because having somebody really believe in you, even if you're not sure they believe in you, but but really you know, stepping up like that is, is important and special. Uh, when I look at what you're doing, I can't help but wonder why, um, why you don't franchise. That's a Great question. Yeah, you know, we want to build the brand and get the brand out there the way that we um, want it to be. Sure. So as it's, it's really important to um, control the experience. We control the experience from the time that you order to the time that we get it to you. We don't outsource the delivery. You know, those are our delivery people. Um, the custom, it's custom software that you're placing your order on. We built it just for the customer experience. And so it's important to us to have ownership over our customer experience, our product experience, our brand experience as we're getting the brand name out there. Right, and uh, we've never judged our success uh, based on location count. Uh, for us, we could be double or triple the size at this point for sure. Uh, instead of taking some of the investments we've made in the customer experience and in technology, but instead started opening more locations. But for us, it, it really is quality over quantity. And um, that's kind of how we've always built the business and how we're going to continue building the business. We'll never say never to franchising, sure. but for right now, um, that's not something that we're doing. Leon, so you don't judge it based on locations. Do you judge it based on how many celebrities are financial backers? You guys, I don't know if you all are aware. Let's look at the list. We've got um, Andy Roddick, Brooklyn Decker, Dirk, Kendra Scott. Um, how did those connections come about for people that are like, man, I, would, I want Kendra Scott to invest in my business? Very naturally. Good question. Yeah, we met um, we met them through different areas. I mean, Andy is is in Austin, and so is Kendra, and so I think we met. We had some mutual friends, and we connected. But really, how we got connected with Andy was through his foundation. So Tiff's Treats, we do a lot of charity work, mm -hmm. and so we sponsored his charity for at least one, maybe more, of our grand openings. And we got to talking to him with how can we support the Andy Roddick Foundation more. Um, and in that meeting just came out the idea that he wanted to invest. And so we we started from there. Right. And with the others, what we love most about uh, partnering and having investors like that um, is that it, they're uh, fans of the brand first and foremost, and and then investors second. And so they, they all started off as fans and we didn't even know that they used tips treats or, or ordered all the time until we met and started talking and so that's very special to us that um, they're not just investors uh, but they're, they're they love tips treats and they love the brand yeah you know in our case when you're talking about fundraising everybody can do this you can do fundraising any possible way that you want 
we didn't start raising money until we were probably eight years in. Mm. So we already had a couple of locations. We had a track record. We had already built our custom software. We had a lot to show when we first met our very first investor. Um, so it was a little bit, I wouldn't say it wasn't risky, but it was a little bit less risky than somebody saying, I have an idea for a business and here's what it could be. Of course. Now tell me, when you, I remember a while back ordering, it was like you get the cookie and then the Kendra Scott jewelry. Was that before or after she invested? Was she like, okay, I'm gonna invest and then include my jewelry? Or did you say, what we'll include your jewelry, then invest? I think that was before. I think it was before. Yeah, we were, you know, we became friends with her sure. and uh, always, she always uh, very helpful. If we ever needed to uh, ask a question and uh, ask for advice, she'd always be there. Um, and the idea, I think we just came about randomly talking um, one of those things where you, wouldn't it be cool if somebody could get- Yeah, I think stuff? we were talking about, when we first debuted it, it was for Valentine's Day. And so I think that was one of the things, it just came up through a meeting of, you know, we love having extras to provide on Valentine's Day. We sell single roses on Valentine's Day and other specialty items that are just good for the holiday. And I think that's where that came up. And then it went so well that we said, well, gosh, we've got Mother's Day coming up. Let's get another one for Mother's Day. And at that point, um, those were just off the shelf Kendra pieces. Well, no, they weren't off the shelf. I guess they were custom, custom colors for mm -hmm. us. But then we went even further um, because it had gone so well, our teams met together and said, let's create a custom piece, not just a custom color, but a completely custom piece. And so went through the whole design process and everything, looking at sketches, picking out shapes, picking out stones. Um, and then we created a custom earrings and we've now kept a Kendra piece on our menu we vary it seasonally but we've had one on since 2020 since the beginning of 2020. so it's, it's such a great idea all right well listen we got to wrap up by telling everybody where they can pre-order the book get the recipe get the business tips the marriage tips the whole thing <laughs> absolutely well of course you can pre-order the book on amazon barnes and noble target any place where you can buy books you can pre-order the book that way and um, we also can pre-order the book for you through your cookie order so if you want to order a dozen cookies and also a pre-copy of the book, uh, well, not a pre-copy, but if you want to order a dozen cookies and a pre-order of the book, what we'll do is we'll send your gift recipient the cookies and a little card saying that a book will be shipped automatically to them on February 22nd when the book comes out. So you can do it a number of ways. And don't we have a special going on right now, actually? We sure do. Yeah, you're Tell right. Us. We, if, if you buy the special on our website called Sweet Reads and use the coupon code Sweet Reads, then you will get your dozen cookies totally for free. So it gets you a dozen cookies plus a pre-order of the book, which will be shipped to that same address in, on February 22nd when the book comes out and the cookies are on us. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I, I sincerely enjoyed it. And you guys remember, they've got the best website on the internet. It's cookiedelivery.com. They were early, they were first. Thank you both, really enjoyed the time. Appreciate it. All right, so you guys. So good seeing you again. Oh, you too, this was fun. So you guys, don't forget, if you're watching or listening right now, it's on Thursdays, CW33, CW33.com, and you can find out all the episodes at secondshotpodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon.